Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, and welcome to Concussion Talk Podcast. I'm Nick Mercer. This is episode 50. Concussion Talk Podcast is presented by Head Check Health. Head Check Health bridges the gaps in concussion care through sample of PowerFlash technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Track Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, and Eastern Washington University and Volleyball Canada who rely on Head Check to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HeadCheckHealth.com for more. This is episode 50, and I'm talking to, right now, Molly Parker. And Molly is a physical doctor of physical therapy. I don't want to call you doctor of physical therapist, because you're not a doctor of physical therapist. You're a doctor of physical therapy. So you're a doctor of physical therapy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. And uh, uh, this, I was talking thing about the uh, the uh, the plural. Like, would you call someone like doctor? Like, we call physiotherapist, physiotherapist, as in plural. But doctor physical therapy, doctor physical therapist. Yep. But you're not doctor physical therapist. You're not a doctor physical therapist. You anyway. <laughs> that's a anyway. I'm pointed. Yeah. So there's Molly, and uh, she is a doctor of physical therapy, and uh, she has actually used her she used her education and her and copied thousands of hours of research to really help people with come get a, uh, recover from concussions, manage, treat. And uh, and diagnose even, um, and but also, but the reason she's so committed to this is because she's actually been dealing with post concussion syndrome for the past seven years, eight years now. It's almost eight years now, is it? Uh, it's gonna be nine in February. Ooh, nine, oh, geez, sorry, well, nine, sorry, so nine years, and uh, yes, yeah, since February, since eleven, since twenty eleven, right? Since twenty eleven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it'll be nine years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And so she's been doing that and the sensory motor disorder, but I will let her just describe what, her, what she went through and, and, uh, and introduce herself better than I have. So, Molly, please. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Yeah, so I, um, yeah, like you said, I am a physical therapist and I was working clinically when I had my accident. So I was hit by um, a taxi cab driver in 2011. I was on a crowded sidewalk um, 
with a big group of friends and a driver fell asleep at the wheel and he hit myself and about 20 other people. Wow. Um, and initially I thought oh, I was sorry. very where, lucky. Where was, where, where was this? Where is that? This was in San Diego. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. That's it. Yeah. Just to jump no, you're off. fine. It ended, it made um, national news. Like my parents saw it in Washington and it was, wow. yeah, just a big fat mess. Yeah, but, wood, yeah, 20 you know, I went to the ER and I did a CT scan and they x-rayed my legs. Um, and they remember, I remember them sending me home and then seeing in the, the packet that I'd had a concussion, but there really wasn't any follow-up for it. Um, and at the time, I didn't really know what concussions were. I had I was a pretty recent graduate of school, and we didn't get it in physical therapy school at all. Um, and so I thought I was very lucky, and I thought I was going to be just fine, and people were hurt worse than I was in the accident. And then I basically fell into that really classic post-concussive sequelae um, pretty much immediately. So I started to get um, kind of dizzy, cognitively foggy, off. Um, I was in a lot of pain from getting hit by the car, headaches, um, dizziness. And then I, after about three weeks, had a week where I actually started to feel pretty good. Um, and then I tried to go on a run, had massive pressure in my head, and then went downhill ever since. Um, I started to get headaches that got more severe. Eventually, they were all the time. I started to have memory issues, um, massive fatigue, didn't sleep at all. I started to get kind of confused where I would forget where I was or where I was. I'd have to convince myself that I was in my own apartment. Um, and we didn't understand that it was from the concussion. We knew it was from the accident, but no one knew what post-concussion syndrome or what we're calling it now prolonged concussion symptoms. No one knew what that was. So I got worse for about a year. I eventually started to atrophy all along my left side and get really weak, really painful um, barely functioning, um, ended up going about another year through work, going from person to person, trying to get help. Everyone telling me there's nothing wrong or I should see a psychologist or trying a medication that wasn't going to work. And eventually by about two years, I ended up, um, losing my job because I could barely feed myself anymore. I hadn't slept for more than two hours in a night in mm. almost two years. My left side was really weak. Um, having a hard time speaking, huge memory problems, um, and could honestly barely feed myself. So I ended up going home for about a month, feeling a little bit better, but going back to work too early because I ran out of money. So I was still, you know, student loans and all that jazz. Um, went back to work too early, crashed again, proceeded to take, you know, another year before I started to find help. By that time, I was bed bound and everything had gone from bad to worse. So by about four years in, I ended up at home completely bed bound, um, being told I'd be permanently disabled forever, mm -hmm. um, knowing that there had to be something we could do. And then I started to eventually find people who knew what they were doing um, and start to work my way out. So I've improved probably about 80% since cool. then. Um, but I'm still really struggling functionally. So my days are still pretty minimal and I'm kind of right at that tipping point where I feel a yeah. lot better, but I can't do as much as I would like to do. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with therapy right now, but it's just been, I mean, I've seen probably 90 healthcare providers. It's been nine years. It took two years before they figured out it was a concussion and it took three years before I even heard of another person like me. 
Um, and it's just been this overall shattering experience. Now it's turning into something yeah. positive and I've had a lot of growth from it. But I started to do kind of the online educating you were talking about because I was seeing so many people that were ending up like me where they just didn't have the education that they needed to get into the right treatment so they could get, you know, back to their lives. And if I look back and I think if I'd known then what I know now, you know, my recovery would have been weeks and instead it's been years. So I just yeah. appreciate um, people like you and platforms like this so we can spread the word. Okay, so is that, is that actually is that where it started from? Did yeah, there you 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 saw a lack of education of about concussions yeah. in general or concussions in, in general. I just thought that people were going to lose relationships or their jobs or their homes or big quality of life aspects just because they didn't have basic education and no one had ever told them that these things could be treatable or who does it. Yeah. Um, I just, the thought of it makes me feel sick. So yeah. That's why I started the online stuff is because I, I physically wasn't well enough to go out and teach because I used to do some teaching. Yeah. Um, and so the only avenue that I could physically do was through social media. Um, oh, and it's so ended up being really cool, but you yeah. know, it was just, I had no other way to reach people. So I've seen your, your website, Nagging Cousins, and obviously your, uh, Obviously, your Instagram page at the uh, well, at Molly at Molly Parker PT, but it seems it's yep. more of a holistic approach, really. That you you seem to be every post is not to say every post is different because they're all you know geared towards the same thing, but they're all different aspects of. So can you, can you talk about about like the different aspects that you you like to think of as as important as your not you treat but you dress mostly. The different aspects of Christian recovery? Yeah, as... I mean, we address kind of, and part of it's I take an approach as like a community thing. So there's things that I think are important for everyone. And then I pretty much ask the people in it, like, what do you need? Like, what do you need help with? And that's kind yeah. of what we end up talking about. But it ends up being some clinical stuff, some stuff that helps you, you know, with actual education. And then we go through how do you manage relationships and what does your mindset need to be and all the, like we kind of do the full gamut and some of it's general education and some of it's my personal experience, hoping that people can learn from that or at least hear a bit of their own story in that. Cause I think that always makes people feel comfort. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Now how did you get to, because I know, because I know as, as I mentioned, your site is more and you're in your web and you're uh, in my Instagram account. Is more holistic and its approach, but uh, you were you're obviously trained as a DPT, so. Um, but mm -hmm. and, but the uh, the like the mindset edge of the uh, you know yoga is physical, but it's also mental. But how did that holistic level yeah. and the mental aspects? How do you how did you why did you come to that? How did you feel that they were so that they were so important? Did you, were you taught about that mental aspects as much in physical? Yeah, school? so. Yeah, so we are taught in physical therapy school, you know, there's kind of this old school model that's like basically biomechanics, where if you get hurt, it's the knee joint, it's the muscle. Um, and I started after I graduated working in what we call the biopsychosocial medical model. So it takes into account the whole human um, and how the brain processes all the input and our emotions and our thoughts and our preconceived notions and, you know, everything um, to create movement and how we feel and pain and things like that 
And pre-accident, the clinic I worked in, we did a lot of chronic pain. And we did a lot of autoimmune type stuff. And then we did a lot of people who really didn't quite fit into a box um, where they would have like this shoulder problem, but it was a little funky and no one could really treat it. And we started to find that it was these underlying um, what we call biopsychosocial medical model, where it's not just that the brain, that there's like mechanical injuries, that there's more to it than that. Um, so when I would approach someone with chronic pain, yes, we're approaching, you know, strengthening the muscles. Yes, we're looking at yeah. the way you move. We're looking at how often you move. But we're also looking at how the brain is perceiving threat and how your emotions play into that um, and how kind of, you know, your whole day plays into that because pain in general is an output. So we basically were taking in all the information from the world and your brain is deciding whether that's a threat and to produce pain or not. So when we treat people with chronic pain, we need to treat all components of that to kind of resolve it and get them to move through. And then when I started with the concussion stuff, I started seeing a lot of similarities with how I would treat kind of these chronic pain, these sensitive nervous system type people with the people going through concussion recovery. And then in my own recovery, I started to see instances of stuff that my chronic pain people would tell me, like I would go over a speed bump and I would get a massive headache. And mechanically, that shouldn't be happening. No. You know, you're not jarring yourself enough over a small speed bump to get any sort of symptom output like that. And basically what that is, is just an oversensitized nervous system. So if we can start to address some of our triggers and some of the emotions involved with that, and really take that big picture approach, that's what tends to be more helpful, especially for people with the prolonged cases, is that it's this big picture thing of getting your whole nervous system to really feel safe again. Um, and then I think from personal experience, you know, we can say all the right things, people can do all the right exercises, but it's mentally really challenging to lose yeah. that much of your life and to be in rehab all of the time and to have that change all your relationships. And you really, I think the long game is kind of a mental game. And so you it really is, have yeah. to have I, your, your head right to be able to go more. through. And so we make sure we give people those tools. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you have any other, any other like, uh, and now, you know, I saw on your website exactly you do you know you do yoga or you used to do yoga a lot do you have any other any other uh-huh. physical any other or meditation do you meditate or do do yoga or, well i know you do yoga yes but do you meditate as well or any of the mental tricks yeah you, i did yoga yeah i did yoga a ton before the accident and i've struggled to do it as much since um, I do a little more of like the yin style yoga, but yeah. I did very much get into meditation, which has been hugely, hugely helpful. Um, so now I meditate every day and that's one of my favorite go-to things that people can do at home when they're in recovery is learn you how just, to kind of calm that do down. that alone in like, in like a dark room or do you just sit, lie down? Like, I think I meditate. I don't do anything intentionally, but I think I meditate just by like, Lying down somewhere and just thinking about stuff and nothing. I don't do anything with my body. I just lie there and just think about stuff and just I don't try to do. It. I just best just change my mind. Just wanders a lot and not wanders, wanders, but wanders with the yeah. focus. If I should say, if I can say that, but <laughs> I probably yeah. can't. But you know, um, before yeah, you, because like, when I started, say again. Oh, no, I was going to ask you a question, but no, keep going, please. um, When I started, I didn't know how to meditate. Like I'd heard people talk about it, but I ended up using an app called Headspace and they had like little intro things. And so I did that. And then the more I've gotten into it, the more I kind of play with it. So I do some that are just breathing and some that are more guided. And I do some specifically for like fatigue when my body's really achy. Um, But yeah, and just kind of figure out what I like. I want to ask you about uh... To take more because that's one thing that I I don't struggle with as much now, but I did a lot when I I do I do and have it when I do a lot when I was first injured. But um, also when you mentioned before earlier, you're saying the 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 threat pain the threat and uh, and that was like biopsychosocial medical model and uh, uh-huh. that's actually in December I talked the first actually early December I talked to Joseph Adu who is like the the fear. One of the big like, he's a professor of of uh, he's like not professor of anxiety, but he's a professor of psychiatry, neuros, neuropsychiatry and and uh, neuros, uh-huh. neuropsychological stuff at uh, NYU, and he talks about he has a bunch of models about fear and fear, fear and anxiety, and like and the amygdala and uh, that center of the brain. So it ties into that, but also the biopsychosocial model, biopsychosocial biopsychosocial model. There you go. Biopsychosocial uh-huh. medical model, right? Um, that's actually I first heard that from Megan Adams, who is a she was on a podcast podcast before. She's on Instagram as One Brain Neuro, and uh, oh, okay. she's a yeah, she's a physical therapist. She talks about how the how uh, the biopsychosocial model is is 
she uses that for her her own research. She's also a physical therapist, yeah. PhD researcher. So, yeah, that's very yeah. that's usually a common theme, but that it just because I mean, it, it was a physical injury. Like, it was in your question, in my brain here were physical, but it's also I mean, the comes to biopsychosocial. This does it all. I mean, your brain to improve that, but uh, the the whole the, the day is more psychological and mental and. And that's, and that's so, so, so important for recovery as well. But, uh, but, uh, you're talking, you're talking about the fatigue. I'm starting to lose you a little bit. It's getting kind of fuzzy. I'm um, being um, too soft as you want to. Being a bit on the electronic. I'm not that bad. But, um, but, um, but, uh, yeah, the fatigue you're saying, but, um, but how do you describe, describe, try to describe, describe fatigue? How that affects you? How that affected your life? Your. The way you do yoga or work or whatever, or my little. I can hardly hear you. It's um, okay. all scratchy, like the microphone. Okay, is uh, that is that better? Okay, is it change anything? Oh yeah, that helps. Right here. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Okay. I'll do this. Um. Yeah, you can see me now too. Um. Well, you can see me already. Yeah, the fatigue model. Fatigue and uh, and how you how you run your life now with the, with this fatigue issue. With can all you, the fatigue, yeah, the fatigue is the fatigue, worst. Can you describe the how you what you feel like how for the people who don't know what the fatigue is, the brain injury, brain injury yeah. feels like, yeah. Yeah. So the fatigue, I think the important thing to understand that I think my friends and family struggled with is the fatigue that we're talking about that people are experiencing in concussion and along the spectrum of brain injury is not the same fatigue that healthy people are experiencing. Um, so neural, and we call it neurological fatigue. So neurological fatigue, um, it feels almost more like you have the flu. It feels like really achy body, um, almost like you need to be taken out on a stretcher. And people tend to have significantly lower energy levels. And that can be anywhere on a spectrum depending on the person. Um, but so people are pretty much taking more energy to do basic things and fatiguing a lot faster. And for some people that could look like they get two hours a day and for other people they could get closer to 10. Um, but it's basically you fatigue much easier and it's more of like that achy body, your nervous system shutting down, your symptoms feeling worse type thing. Um, and it's something really common that we see in neurological injuries, but it's been, yeah, it's so frustrating because you have so much that you'd like to do in a day that you just physically can't yeah. get through. Um, so for me, in initially, I would push through it, which I now know was not what I was supposed to do. So I used to, you know, feel my body shutting down and just keep going. Yeah. And I think in the long run, that made my recovery a little bit longer. And now I do better at kind of respecting those energy reserves and try to keep myself where I'm feeling good and recharge as I need. Um, but yeah, I have to be very, very, very intentional with my time and how I schedule my days and the that the activities I'm doing are the most important ones because you just don't get as much energy to do stuff in a day as you do, you know. Do you find that's here. improved? Is that, is that also, do you find that's improved, changed since you first were first injured, for first felt these post-concussion symptoms? Yeah, I used to get 
I used to get where I'd get really fatigued and I would push through and I would do what I'd call, I'd call them crashes where your whole nerve, it feels like your whole body's just shutting down and all your symptoms get, symptoms get worse and you just feel awful. And it used to take me two weeks to recover from those kind mm. of things. And now it takes me maybe like two or three hours if I really, really, really massively overdo something, maybe a day. But it's nowhere near as severe as it once was. I'm not as fatigued throughout the day as I once was. Um, and I recover much faster than I used to. But I think stamina is still one of my one of my more limiting things. Can, you said that has improved, though. But so is there one thing you can point mm-hmm. to that you think is the cause or that it's helped you? Or do you think it's just a general time and all that and all your work you've done? Um, it was a combination. I don't think it was time because I think I didn't um, I didn't start to feel better with time. I kept pushing through it and I actually yeah. felt like I got worse the further well, that, I went into it. Yeah. So I think the two big things were first is I started to plan and pace my days much better. So rather than constantly pushing through and crashing and not respecting my body's, you know, symptoms, I started to learn how to um, – work with that threshold a little bit better. So I stopped pushing through. I started to find ways that I could be active without, you know, overdoing it too much. And then the second part was starting to get my symptoms treated. So the more I got things treated, the more energy I started to have, especially with any vision stuff. I started to get a lot more energy when my eyes started working better. And then with my movement disorder stuff, when I stopped shaking as much, I started to get a lot more energy too. so yeah, it's been planning and pacing my days, and then it's been treating the underlying causes. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had I've had double vision since my brain injury in '03, and mm-hmm. I think I can feel that if when if I close up one eye, like as you can see, I'm doing now, but no one else can. But uh, yeah, if I close one eye, this is fine. Then I think I feel that I would have a lot more energy if I just did just did this all the time. But that'd be annoying. Yeah. Again, uh, throwing yeah. a patch over would be just. I wore a patch for a while in, when I was in Riyadh. Yeah, me too. And uh, did, it, did, I didn't really know. This was 03, so I didn't really know what if it would do anything, but I thought that I could, so I tried it. Uh-huh. It didn't really work. It obviously didn't work. I still had double, double vision. But, um, yeah, you know, it's one of those things. It's just, I can see how the, when you're, you get control of your vision better, you can definitely reduce your symptoms and symptoms. Of fatigue, mm-hmm. and uh, also it's actually. Do you about still a, get quite a bit of fatigue? Um, not not nearly as much as I used to because I I I get fatigue from like, example, now I was talking to Molly before this podcast, but for those who don't know, I live in Saint John, Newfoundland, and uh, we got a whole bunch of snow on Friday, and uh, there's like nothing operating. It's state of emergency in the city of Saint John's. It's a state of emergency. But so the but I went for a long walk yesterday, took two hours just I was out around to see what see what was going on. Probably shouldn't have, but uh, and that was long and I, that really that really, that weighed me up for the today. I'm still so tired from that and feel that look my legs. But I do I do a lot of physical activity now, so I think I've kind of trained the fatigue out of me a bit, which kind of leads me to mm-hmm. the, my question about neuroplasticity. But I'll get that after. But um. But yeah, I've been doing like yoga and Pilates and swimming and and uh, I swam a lot before and now and I still still swim. Yeah. And I think that's I'm, I do that I, and I noticed when swimming, swimming has 
can I'm fa I'm faster and I can I'm stronger in the water and I feel like that's not just muscles coming coming back, but it's also my stamina. Well, not really, not necessarily mm -hmm. my lung capacity, obviously, but my whole like physical well-being. And uh, I still do it. I still do it a bit of a day, like late in the day. I just want to just I just want to go home and just lie down, eat dinner, eat food, and just or like, watch TV, read a book, and just fall asleep early. But uh, it's not always like. When you're young, I'm almost, almost 40, but uh, I still got I still got the young. But uh, anyway, when mm -hmm. you're, you don't, when I was injured, I was 23, and they don't want to, you don't want to do that when you're they, that age. You don't want to just go home at like eight in the morning, eight in the evening, eight p.m. and just go to sleep, or just you know you want to be out. And so it's that that's tough. Yeah. But uh, but um, yeah. So that and you get you still get a lot of fatigue. You're saying like. You're able to, do you have a, a time of your day that you're just like, okay, that's it for me, I'm done, or do you just hour time of hours, or do I pick a 10 hour day? It kind of depends or? on how, like, how my day's gone and what I've been doing for how quickly I kind of crap out. Like, some activities are more fatiguing for me than others. Like, if I'm out driving and I'm in crowded places and I'm talking to people, that's more fatiguing for me quicker than if I'm doing, you know, stuff around the house. Um, and then I think the second piece for me that you touched on that's super important is exercise. Um, so I think the initial model for concussions was rest and don't do much. And now we know it's like active rehabilitation exercise is phenomenal. So part of my problem is I'm so deconditioned because I spent so many years where my movement disorder was so bad. My dysautonomia was so bad that I could barely stand up or get out of bed. Um, so now I'm super deconditioned. So I'm working with a PT right now and we're trying to get back into aerobic exercise. And so I'm on a program on the recumbent bike right now. And then eventually, like you said, swimming, I used to love to swim. So like, that's something I'd really like to get back yeah. into. Um, but yeah, that's the other piece is it's the neuro fatigue, but then it's also, I'm just super deconditioned. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a little both. Okay, well, can I was doing that, but just can you hear me now? Is this because I don't have my hand on the microphone? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, good. So I'm <laughs> eyeing my input stream there. But um, yeah, this my on uh Phoenix 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 Concussion Podcast where I do with Lauren Zacks. We did one uh -huh. on episode ten was about dysautonomia, and uh, oh perfect, the physical therapist in in Utah, and so she talked a lot about that was a that was not a longer podcast. That was like. 40 some odd minutes, but it was a great one. And uh, so you explain what dysautonomia is. Of course, now people who listen to physical, listen to Phoenix Concussion podcast will know, but you know, everyone else may not. So, dysautonomia. Yeah. Um, so, basically, with dysautonomia, usually your brain helps, like your brain stem reticular helps regulate your heartbeat. So, when we have folks with dysautonomia, we most commonly see something called POTS, which is um, heart. Postural tachycardic well. syndrome. Yeah. So basically, their heart rate isn't being regulated like it ought to. So it's getting super high with positional changes. So like when I used to stand up, You're my dizzy. heart rate would be like You're 180. Yeah. So faint. people get dizzy. They feel funky. Some people faint. Um, and so I think it's one of those things. It was missed in me for seven years, and then mm -hmm. I think I figured it out myself eventually, which is a lot of 
things I ended up figuring out myself and then getting myself to the right place. Um, But it was extremely fatiguing. It was really hard to be upright. It was really hard to walk. And then treatment for that looks like kind of a multi-pronged approach. There's the medical approach, which is um, adjustments in diet. So it's a volume issue when you stand up, you're not getting enough blood flow to the brain. Um, so it's salt intake can help increase that volume, salt and water intake, which is done with a physician. Um, there can be some medications. There's things like compression socks so that as your blood kind of drops down to your feet, it's helping to pump it back up yeah. where you need it. Um, and then I found functional neurology and exercise programs to be the other most helpful part um, for me. So I found that like just the diet and the adjusting my positions and medications weren't helpful enough. I found functional neurology and then an exercise program through physical therapy to be most helpful for me. And now my POTS is gone for the most part. Oh, you did that POTS. I was just listening. I just saw you wrote dysautonia, which is, and the dysautonia you can have is is a blanket term. Uh, Lauren's saying it's for a bunch of different types. Mm -hmm. So uh, is there a, is this dysautonia, which I think I thought I read on your webpage, dysautonia? Is that the type of... Oh, dystonia? Dystonia, sorry. Yeah, yeah, dystonia, yeah, that's right. That sounds right. That sounds better than what I was saying. Yes. Yeah, so I had... The dystonia is basically kind of another blanket umbrella term for... Um, it's basically translate into like bad movement. Um, but it was basically, I had involuntary movements throughout the body. So a true dystonia tends to be involuntary movements that most people can't control. And it's kind of like a twisting and torsion. You see it a lot in the neck. Um, it can be generalized. Um, we ended up, I never fit a true category. Um, cause I could hold mine in and control them a little bit, but they were going all the time. Um, and that has been the hardest thing to treat in my recovery by far. Um, so I ended up actually at a clinic at UCLA that has been most helpful. Um, but I think that's one of those things where the movement problems are still a little underdiagnosed in concussions. And I don't think people are still getting to the right spot. Um, that's one that I really wish I would have gotten the handle on much sooner. Yeah. And, uh, before you're answering that, uh, I was going to say, I didn't say uh, that, but uh, so let's move on to neuroplasticity then. Uh, you're, so, mm-hmm. uh, cause you made, and you're, in your, on your website, and you're navigating, navigating concussions site, uh, you mentioned that neuroplasticity is a, is a key part of your, of the, your treatment, your, your five, five different mm-hmm. things you look, you look at diet and education and well, yes, this is another thing I wanted to ask you about. But, uh, yeah, so you talk about neuroplasticity and how that can help people with a concussion or severe traumatic brain injury. What, what parts of neurorehabilitation are really, really yeah. effective at? Yeah. So neuroplasticity is basically the idea that our brain is not hardwired, um, that it can change with the input we give it at any point throughout you know, throughout life. And when we apply it to concussion recovery, it means that just because you have symptoms, however far out, it doesn't mean that that's what you're stuck with. So the old act actually with neurological injuries was 
that if you don't improve after two years, you're not going to improve anymore. And that's it. And we're finding that's not the case at all. Um, I think almost all of my recovery came after five years. So it's just this idea that if we give the brain the proper input, that it can make, it can make changes. Yeah. Um, the thing to remember with neuroplasticity is neuroplasticity is really neutral. So it just changes based on the input we give it. So, um, you want to give it, yeah. Another example. Yeah. Another, I mean, another example of neuroplasticity is chronic pain. Like that's neuroplasticity that didn't really go in our favor. Um, so it's partly, it's getting the correct treatments and then it's, um, anything from our thoughts can change the way our brain perceives things. Um, and in rehab, we tend to, there's proposed stages of neuroplasticity. So when we tend to have someone who's gone through these long recoveries and they're really looking to make positive changes in their brain, we tend to have people start by just cleaning up the brain. So it's um, basically calming down what's called microglia, which is inflammation in the brain. Usually through diet and staying hydrated and a little bit of exercise so that brain is primed and ready um, to be ready for so that people can make changes, you know, as quickly as, as possible. But it basically means that, you know, no matter how far out you are, you can still make positive changes because your brain has the ability to change through neuroplasticity. I actually just started seeing my, my first, when I, when I'm my first book, one of my first physiotherapists after my brain injury, Jen Shears, which I had mm-hmm. just when I was first going to outpatient rehab. And uh, I just started seeing her at another, another clinic just two weeks ago, and uh, I noticed just she gave me some homework to do, and I made, I think, great change, uh, improvements in my stability, stability and my, just, yeah, strength of my, of my uh, not necessarily strength of my core, but, like, my stability and my uh, reaction of my of my muscles and my, or nerves and my legs and feet and all that stuff, so, I feel, and that, and it's been, geez, now, 70, almost 17 years since, 16, mm-hmm. 16 and a half years since my injury, so, yeah, I mean, I, I believe in neurosis completely, I mean, I'm not believing it, because it's not anything to believe, it just it happens, but it's just, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, but I wanted to ask you about first about your uh, education, because you, I mean, you mm-hmm. obviously were very educated, you know about the, uh, how, like, the body works, and uh, what it works to help you, you would need, that you, when you were injured, you are you finally, thought they you looked first first of all at that place that didn't you didn't know what to look at for and they and the people told you different things and you didn't know didn't know what to look for. But obviously mm-hmm. you're smart and educated so and educated in the right area for recognition. So you you knew yourself how to find what you needed, what you what you were educatedly and researched all you needed but you started your your uh, online program, your your Instagram and your and your home and your website. Instagram is mm-hmm. at Mar- Molly Parker PT. Anyway, website is navigating yep. navigating questions. Is there a better way to? Uh, you can on Instagram. You can click the bio. My Great. regular website is going to be MollyParkerPT.com, but right oh. now it's hosted through another site, so it's this gigantic mouthful, and I think oh. it's like. Concussion yeah. backslash Molly Parker PT slash TBI. So I think it's like my Parker dot concussion or something like that, or it's like concussion dot Molly Parker or something like that, or it's like it's we uh, I know what you mean it's weird. It's a weird one, yeah. Yeah, it's but, a big uh, fat. But anyway, but I can you, give it to you the link if you want. <laughs> I think you should. That'd be good. 
or just you can go to go to her Molly, Molly's Instagram page and my my the luge there Molly Parker PT and click on her bio uh -huh. and uh, but uh, I want to ask first about the uh, yeah because you know you know where to look for for help but for people who do don't people who don't necessarily know it if you even have didn't have like maybe you're educated but may not even have the the physical therapy aspect know where to look for medical aspect at all I mean I know where to look for help and is that why you started your 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 blog and your your, your website and your Instagram account and how yeah, do you yeah so that sorry go ahead sorry sorry what were you saying oh nothing I just I interrupted you no you didn't interrupt me at all good <laughs> Um, yeah, so I started, was the question why, why that, was that why it was started? Yeah, yeah, the gap, you said, I said not mention actually on your, but yeah, the gap so education. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why that was started, and just that, like, I still, I get messages a lot from people being like, here's what I struggle with, like, who do I see, and I'll direct them to kind of the healthcare provider that does that. Um, what I'm starting to see now is now that I've been doing it for a year and a half, the, Instagram stuff is really helpful and it gives people a lot of information that they didn't have. And a lot of people say they still learn stuff from there that they haven't been told by their healthcare providers yet, which is crazy. Um, and that it helps them feel connected, but I'm also finding that people need more structure. So I'm working on a program right now that'll be, um, hopefully ready come March that'll help give people much more structured care. We'll, we'll, we'll do all the research for you and help give everything, um, Kind of in a structured format to help talk you through the process for people that want to dive in a little bit deeper um, but for right now it's all on social media through instagram and facebook um, mm. and if you have questions just ask me because i make posts based on what people are wanting to know you make a lot of posts too so um and also do you, mm -hmm. i mentioned when i wrote to you about being on the podcast but the i want to talk to you about coping skills you were mentioning uh -huh. you, had a, you had a you first have a top 10 list on your on your website, you have a top 10 coping skills or something like that on your, that you can sign up uh -huh. for the newsletter for. But, uh, so are coping skills the same, the same as just, you know, exercise and, and, and mental aspects of it? Or is this, or is there a list of different coping skills that are, is there mental, is there more of a mental skills that you need to know to, for coping skills? Coping skills They're a little right? bit of both. So, the coping skills right now, I have the top 10 concussion coping skills that I found yeah. just throughout my recovery that I wish people would have told me earlier yeah. on because it's stuff that once you hear it, you're like, oh, that makes sense and that would make things easier, but you just don't think about it while you're going through it. So it's a mix of kind of tips and tricks, so to speak, yeah. along with kind of the mental aspects. So I'll give you guys a few examples. Like one is time versus task. So when I first started... The example I always use is my sister got married on the top of a mountain and they mm. skied down. And so we were making these little like ski boutonnieres and we were putting mm. like we physically, my sisters and I were, you know, made them. Um, and so I'm putting together these boutonnieres. And I have this pile I want to get through and I kept going through. I wanted to go till I was done. And I remember by the time I was finished, I was so sick and I was so dizzy. Yeah. Um, and I ended up having to lay down for like 24 hours before I stopped spinning. And so time versus task is basically you're doing something for 10 minutes versus until I finish. So you're doing the laundry, say you start to fatigue at 
30 minutes, you're doing the laundry for 25. It's mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So it's stopping yourself before you push past that mark. That was a hugely helpful one for me. Um, that ties into another example. That, would ties, that ties into your fatigue as well. Yeah. So when you start to manage with these coping skills, it can help reduce your fatigue. It can help reduce your frustration. It can help you navigate your days a little bit easier. Um, and it's just giving you kind of how to navigate the world when you're in your concussion recovery and some tips okay. for that. And those are free um, on my Instagram. There you go. Perfect. Is there anything else you'd like to mention to listeners about your report to find you out of contact to or, or where to chat with you? Uh, I think the main one is through Facebook and Instagram and then keep your eyes peeled for March. Hopefully we'll have um, a program coming out for people who are really needing more that will help support their rehab. And eventually further. And eventually, the podcast, the website will be Molly Parker PT. Yeah, eventually it'll be Molly Parker PT com. If you go to that now, is it just nothing, or is it like redirect you to? Because if redirect, uh, redirect, I think it's just, just good. has nothing. So the real website is like concussion backslash backslash like the HTTP. Just, just go to your go to Instagram. Go Molly to Instagram. Yeah, go to the Instagram. Go to Instagram, yeah. Um, it's just a, it's a landing page right now, so they have it as a placeholder, so it's, yeah. It's so sad. We'll get that all worked out. Oh, yeah, eventually. I bet you will, yeah. You got a good following yeah. there on Instagram, at least, so hopefully, hopefully about people people who hear this. I mean, I think everybody here just probably knows about your Instagram handle already, but uh, but if they don't, then that's a great place to check out, like I thought, say coping skills and other interesting things about neuroplasticity and diet and uh, and just and education, just general education about concussions. Well, not general education, but education about what you can do if you've had a concussion or you're suffering from post-concussion syndrome. So uh, thank you yes. so much, Molly, for coming on by my podcast. This is great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks. Thanks again to Molly Parker, and thank you all for listening. I would actually like to encourage you all to please visit my website at www.concussiontalk.com. I also hope that you could please rate, review, subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you can do that. So any any sort of review or subscription would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. I hope you listen again soon. As always, the music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. www.bensound.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.